one year of Russian invasion in Ukraine. Why Putin will not back down. Revisiting the end goal and his ideological justification. Again, this episode of the Neoliberal Round podcast is entitled One Year of Russian Invasion in Ukraine. Why Putin will not back down. Revisiting the end goal and his ideological justification. Today is the one-year anniversary of the Russian invasion in Ukraine. And today, Vladimir Putin gave a speech to uh, at a pro-Russian rally that was organized by the Kremlin, um, um, which saw over about 200,000 Russians were gathered. And he, and in the speech, he the speech that he gave today he reiterated his intention for the war Putin in a speech and by the way if you were to listen to and many if you haven't heard the speech the speech that he gave today resembled the speech that he gave on March 16th Спекулируя 
на боевых потерях, на социально-экономических последствиях санкций, спровоцировать гражданское противостояние в России и, используя свою пятую колонну, стремиться к достижению своей цели. А цель одна, я уже говорил об этом, разрушение России. Но любой народ, а тем более российский народ, всегда сможет отличить истинных патриотов от подонков и предателей и просто выплюнет их, как случайно залетевшую в рот мушку, выплюнет на панель. Такое естественное и необходимое самоочищение общества только укрепит нашу страну, нашу солидарность, сплоченность и готовность ответить на любые вызовы. That was a speech that we just played from an episode we did last year, March 17th, 2022. It was an episode entitled Putin's latest speech, March 16th, 2022. He reveals his mindset. I delve into it here and the red flags. That was the title of the episode we did some time ago in March 16th, 2020, March 17th, 2022, where we delve and analyzed Putin's latest speech. It was a speech that laid the foundation that provided the justification and the rationale for the invasion. It was just two months or three, two months or, or a month after the, the, the invasion. And he provided this speech, which was an academic speech. It was a lecture. And in that lecture, in that speech, in that address to the nation and to the world, he laid the foundation. He provided his intentions for this war. And today, today, Putin had a war, had a, a rally, a pro-war rally that had about over 200,000 Russians, Russian people, where he again reiterated, reiterated the message that he had provided us on the March 16, 2022 speech. It was the same speech. The speech, a speech which reiterated and repeated the basis for the war. And so today, as which marks the one-year anniversary, we will go back and we have done several episodes, several episodes covering uh, Putin and um, covering this war. We took a break a bit, but we, this year is the one-year anniversary. And now uh, we are hearing um, the world is... Is some people are still getting the message. Some people are still get, catching on to the news about what's going on in Ukraine. And the world has been slow to act. But what we had, what we had warned is, is, coming, it's, it, is coming to roost. Because his intentions seems to go further than, than, than Ukraine. But this episode promises to be quite powerful. And it's a repeat of, what we, of some of episodes that we had done that you had missed. We have done we have we have done over 150 episodes so it might have been it might be it might get lost in 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 um in in the episodes in all of the episodes that we've carried but today is the one year anniversary and we will we will lift up two very important episodes we will revisit two very important episodes this one on march 16th the, the one on march 16th 2022 putin's latest speech his speech which laid the very foundation which was the hypothesis, the opening argument 
which justified the war. And then later, later, there was a, a, a report, a breaking news, where, where, where Russia called for the denazification of Ukraine, which expanded this. So this particular speech, which we're about to play, it's the initial assessment. It's a 42 minutes. And it was, it was an opening, his opening argument, so to speak. And then later on, there was another episode we carried where we, where, where we reported on, where, where we reported on this news that we had obtained on the grounds from news agency, where Russia and the Kremlin, Putin called for the denazification of, of Russia, um, of, of Ukraine. So we will lift up those two today. So let's begin. Let's continue with where we left off. Let me ask you a question. Do you think a World War III is imminent? Do you think we're heading, to a world, we're heading into a World War III? Based on the Russian war, what do you, do you, what do you think? No. No, I don't. Why not? I don't. Have you been following the news? I have. Okay, why? Why, <laughs> why, why do you not? Why, why do you disagree with me? I just think... It's just hit to hit. You know? Just what? Hit to hit. Head like, to head. And like, in both countries, in both countries are trying to have, and trying to keep their respect, and it's just, it's I don't respect. Really know. I Russia don't really... is invading a whole country, okay? Yeah, and they are destroying the country, killing millions. They, the vice president just said, just accused them of crimes against humanity, which that should have been done. Uh, more should have been done since the very day it started last year. They waited all this time. They've been killing people, uprooted lives. It's, can I tell you? Absolutely ridiculous. There's no respect here. Russia, Russia, and Russia is trying to justify that. They're trying to. Just, there's no justification. I don't know what. what there's no justification. I mean, he tries to judge, and you know, of course, innocent people are dying because of idea, because of his ideologies of this mother Russia. No, let me tell you, this is, let me tell you, it's the same thing that's happening in the Caribbean. That's what killed me, but that's what's good. There's someone that tells themselves and believes that they can do whatever they want without no repercussions. Let me tell you, they, what level will they let me tell you they do things differently when would they stop like like when would they they were the former masters what would they do next it, it's all about listen to what i'm saying it's all about privilege and position the same thing that they give you independence but you're supposed to stay down but okay the, but the fact that ukraine was rising that was a problem it rivaled it, it threatened russia's dominance in the region Okay, so what are they going to do? Is they going to issue an embargo? They can't issue an embargo because Russia, because Ukraine does not depend on Russia. They can go around Russia and trade with the West. West wants to trade with, with Ukraine. So, of course, so the only option Russia now has is war then because they can't levy an embargo. That's not going to help them. It's just like the, like the U.S. can't put an embargo on Cuba. Okay, and nobody trade with Cuba and it affects Cuba's economy. All right? 
and they can have their CIA penetrate. Russian nations can't do that. Or, okay, the, so the only thing they can do then to reassert their dominance and so on is to go to war, and, or sorry, to invade a smaller country. Because to reassert their dominance, it's all about reasserting their dominance in the world, and they're willing to, and they're willing to go to war because of on this ideology. Other countries use stealth, like America. They don't use war to dominate another country. They use embargoes and structural adjustment and debt. But of course, but Russia, what they are using force and war. That's what because all of these post-industrial countries that when the problem is the, they want to keep the other countries down. They got their independence and everything, but they're supposed to stay down. That's the problem here. And so they're in, and they're going to war with these people. Um, I was saying that uh, I'd, I'd asked you the question actually, and I went off on a tangent. I asked the question um, with all the dynamics surrounding the Russian invasion, and by dynamic I mean China's support because China announced that it will. Um, there's been it will support Russia, to, and this is not new. I believe that um, Russia had always benefited secretly from China's support, but now they have. But now they are publicly doing so. And you ask the question, why? Why the change of why is it that they know they're making they're making it a public thing? And of course, you know, recently there was the spy balloon. And the U.S. just shot down spy balloons. So now it provided. No. Well, no, it provided a justification. When they made, when they made, um, an announcement about the China responded and said a few years ago. Oh, the U.S. had a spy balloon, uh, had a spy device. No, um, has sent. Yeah, yeah, had a spy device. But we know that U.S. had always, they had always had their agents. Yeah, all these powerful countries have their, they all have their agents, okay? But this provided a great justification. I don't know, maybe it provided the justification for China to know to make a public announcement that they're going to side with Russia. Probably it's something. They needed some, an opportunity. They needed some crisis. They needed something. I don't know, but. And of course, we know that um, the U.S. President Biden is visited the Ukraine. And is currently in the region for a meeting with with the U.S. allies, and um, and they are now providing um, more. They are now providing support, more support in terms of sophisticated weapons. So I'm telling you that the podcast that we're gonna we're gonna share two episodes, and the two episodes that we're gonna share on this podcast today um, are two powerful episodes because they provide the ideological basis for his um, war and for our conclusion because the conclusion I'm making that he's not going he's not going to back down we're going to, we're going to share two powerful episodes where Putin laid the ideology the ideological foundations and his end goal of his invasion and when you listen to these episodes um, Dante they suggest that he does not intend to, to back down or to leave Ukraine he does not. This was, and of course, so the, so therefore, this will set up an outright brawl 
as an EU, as Ukraine becomes more equipped with better weapons. And with all the dynamics surrounding this invasion, are we leading into or heading into World War Three? And, and the people can, and you can answer yes or no. Um, and you can participate on Spotify or Twitter, LinkedIn or Reddit. Ronaldo McKenzie is the handle. Of course, later this week, we'll have John Anthony Castro providing an update on his suit, which has been expedited to the U.S. court. And also, he will talk with us about... Um, I thought that ABC News was snubbing him because he's a Republican voting for president. And when they report on Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley is seen as the first person to challenge him. So he actually tweeted, sent me a tweet explaining... Um, Reply, responding to what's happening here and he's going to talk about this on the show on Friday and then we're going to have Tia Jackson her new book Purpose Through the Pain is out and she has a book signing coming up in March we will have her on the show and of course I will have several other podcasts with some excerpts about my book and then there's this powerful podcast that I will share called Looking at Weed and Dispensaries the podcast is going to entitle Black People Shouldn't Be Rich The Other People Should Be It's already published and ready but today, I realized today was the anniversary of Ukraine, and I had to do something marking the one-year anniversary. And we have done a lot of podcasts, powerful, groundbreaking that you would not have heard. So um, sit back, relax, enjoy. It's powerful. It's powerful, erudite, and deep. Trust me, it is. I listened to them, and I quite like they were moving. We'll be right back after this. It was, again, the hypothesis, the justification, the rationale, the basis. He laid, he laid out the foundation for war. And, of course, he will never give up and he will, because he has to save face. But here is, here is the podcast that we did on March, uh, on, uh, March which, which day was it? Some time ago. Here it is. Welcome to the Neoliberal Realm Podcast. I'm Ronaldo McKenzie. That was the voice of President Vladimir Putin of Russia on March 16, 2022, his latest message. He reveals his mind. And just at the end of his speech, he says, spit them out, the traitors. I am convinced that, that such a natural and necessary self-purification of society will only strengthen our country, our solidarity, cohesion, and readiness to respond to any challenges. Again, the, just towards the end of his message just now, and we will play again the entire message for you and translate it for you as well. But. The, towards the end, he says, spit them out, the traitors. I am convinced that such a natural and necessary self-purification of society will only strengthen our country, our solidarity, cohesion, and readiness to respond to any challenges. What is the challenges he here talking about? Is Ukraine in the way of what he wants to achieve 
And so he has to get Ukraine out of the way in order to realize any goals. We will have this and much more for you today. Welcome to the Neoliberal Round Podcast. Putin delivered his latest speech in a national broadcast to the Russian people recently. And we have that for you today. Putin revealed his mind. I delve into it here, lifting up some very important points and highlight red flags and signal a warning for us and the world. You can watch Putin's esoteric speech via my YouTube channel, Ronaldo McKenzie, and it is translated for you. And I unearth for you what he's really saying and send a warning. Now, this presentation, this presentation is also um, the article, this presentation and th this particular podcast will also speak to the issue of what I've been talking about, which is Orientalism and Occidentalism. And I will not delve into what Orientalism is and Occidentalism. But when you begin to look, study this speech and dissect this speech and look into it very closely, you have several takeaways that one must consider very closely because in it, there are several red, red flags. So, as I talk about Orientalism and Occidentalism as part of a wider discussion, I will have later on the development and dynamics of power, privilege, position, and status within the foundations of society and divine intervention. This particular speech by Putin must be placed into perspective. And so I will play the speech from the beginning for you. And then later, I want to delve into it. So here we go. Putin's latest speech, which is available. If you go on RonaldoCMcKenzie.blogspot.com and you can click on the, uh, the article. It's entitled Putin's latest speech, March 16. He reveals his mind. And, um, and it is quite esoteric. It is quite deep. And when you are able to dissect it and to analyze it critically, based on one's understanding of all things, based on one's understanding of the history of the Soviet Union, based on one's understanding of Putin's, if you study Putin's ideologies and print based on his writings and articles and speeches, and the message to his people, and when you listen to a previous episode that I carried about what the Russians are saying, and many of the Russians are saying what the experts are saying, that he is on a world-saving mission. And there is, uh, there is also some world-saving mission to save Europe or to save Russia, all of Russia and the former Rush, the USSR countries from Western propaganda. And when we talk about propaganda, propaganda, we're talking about ideology. We're talking about or Western strategy to penetrate their country, 
with their values as if they are the higher caste system or have the, the a better way of life. But we, we want to delve into it. I'm telling it is quite interesting when once you begin to study what he's saying or to examine and to explore it. Here is President, here is pre, here is President Putin, not Zelensky. If I had said that, that's a Freudian slip. And I, so here is President Putin on March 16th. He said, yes, of course, they, the West, will bet on the so-called fifth column on national traitors. On those who earn money here with us, but live there. And they live not even in the geographical sense of the world, or of the word, but according to their thoughts, according to their slavish consciousness. I do not, I do not at all judge those who have a villa in Miami or on the French Riviera. Those who can't do without foie gras or foie gras, oysters, or the so-called gender freedoms, I do not despise them. But the issue here is not in that, but in the fact that many of these people many of these people by their very nature are mentally located exactly there and not here not with our people not with russia this is in their opinion this is in their opinion a sign of belonging to a higher caste or to a higher race such people such people are ready to sell their own mother if only they were allowed to sit in the hallway of this very highest caste. They want to be like her, meaning the higher caste, caste, this higher caste. They want to be like her, the West, imitating her in every possible way. 
похожими на нее, всячески подражая ей. Но они забывают. Yet they forget or do not understand at all that if they are needed by this so-called higher caste, if they are needed by this so-called higher caste, yet they forget or do not understand at all that if they are needed by this so-called higher caste, then, then they are needed only as expendable material. Again, if the, the West, if the West, if these traitors are needed by the so-called higher caste, the West, they, then they are only needed as expendable material in order to use them to inflict maximum damage on our people. You hear the suspicions here. Let's continue. To как расходный материал, чтобы использовать их для нанесения максимального ущерба нашему народу. Коллективный Запад пытается... I'm gonna repeat that again. То как расходный материал then they are only needed and he used and notice he's saying they who is they we will dive into that a little bit they are only needed as expendable material in order in order to use them to inflict maximum damage on the collective west is trying to split our society speculating on the combat losses on the socio-economic consequences of sanctions provoking a civil confrontation in russia and using its fifth column to achieve its goal гражданское противостояние в России и используя свою пятую колонну стремится к достижению своей цели. А цель одна. And, and there is only one goal. I have already spoken about it. The destruction of Russia. He believes that the West is out to destroy Russia. Я уже говорил об этом. Разрушение России. Но... But, 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 he says, any people, and even more so, the Russian people, will be able to distinguish, distinguish true patriots from scum and traitors. Любой народ, а тем более российский народ, всегда сможет отличить истинных патриотов от подонков и предателей и просто выплюнуть and simply, and simply spit them out like a midget that accidentally flew into their mouths. Spit out on the pavement. I am convinced that such a natural and necessary self-purification of society Естественное и необходимое самоочищение общества 
will only strengthen our country, our solidarity, cohesion and readiness to respond to any challenge. That is President Putin. Again, again, President Putin on March 16 delivered this message. Yes, of course. The West will bet on the so-called fifth column on the national treaties. On those who earn money here with us but live there. And they live not even in the geographical sense of the word, but according to their thoughts, according to their slavish consciousness. I do not at all judge those who have a villa in Miami or on the French Riviera who can't do without foyer gras, oysters, or the so-called gender freedoms. But the issue here is not in the fact, but not, not in that fact, but in the fact that many of these people, by their very nature, are mentally located exactly there, and not here, not with our people, not with Russia. This is in their opinion, this is in their opinion, a sign of belonging to a higher caste, to a higher race. Such people are ready to sell their own mother, if only they were allowed to sit in the hallway of this very higher caste. They want to be like her, meaning the higher caste, imitating her in every, every possible way. Yet they forget or do not understand that they are only needed as expendable material in order to use them to inflict maximum damage on our people. The collective West is trying to split our society, speculating on the combat losses, on the socio-economic consequences of actions, provoking a civil confrontation in Russia and using its fifth column to achieve its goal. And there is only one goal. I have already spoken about it, the destruction of Russia. But any people, and even more so the Russian people, will be able to distinguish true patriots from scum and traitors. And simply put, and simply spit them out like a midget that accidentally flew into our mouth. Spit them out. That is the Russian President Vladimir Putin's speech on, that was delivered on March 16, 2022. So, Putin believes. Putin believes. And we are going to delve into this today. This is, this is very important. Putin believes. Putin believes the West thinks it's of a higher caste and is not to be trusted for they only use peoples and treat them as expendables. He justifies genocide or murder or killing or the killing of Ukrainians and those who side with the West as a purification, purification mechanism to strengthen Russia, all of Russia, including the former USSR countries. In this speech, in this speech, he reveals his true intentions to unite all of Russia by cutting down and cutting off those who side with the West and believe that Western values about, example, gender equality are better than Russians' position on gender equality. You can be for gender equality, but don't force it on us. Don't believe that it's better than our position that puts men and women in their proper place. 
That's what he's saying here. For Putin, for Putin, he believes that the West assumes that it's progressive or democratic or slavish ways of life is better. For Putin, for Putin, he believes that the West assumes that it's progressive or democratic or slavish ways of life is better. And that this, this makes their society better than Russia. Again, for Putin, Putin believes that the West assumes that it's progressive or democratic or slavish ways of life is better and that this makes their society better than russia he believes that the former ussa the, the former ussr countries have lost their way and are adopting western ways at the expense of russia and in order to save and preserve mother russia and its children and we're talking we're not just talking about russia in a geographic sense as he said when i'm not talking about in a geographic sense when we talk about Russia, we're talking about Russia and the former Soviet countries. That what which was that made Russia Russia? An ideology, a principle, a way of life, a people. He believes the former USSR countries have lost their way and are adopting Western ways at the expense of Russia. And in order to save and preserve Mother Russia and its children from departing from that which is truly Russian, we must spew them out those who are traitors that's what he says those who are traitors even if it means going to war he doesn't say that in so many ways but that's what he's saying spit them out on the pavement like who they are destroy them bomb them massacre them this is extremism the kind of extremism that seems to be growing everywhere. It was just recently, it was just recently where it happened here in the US when white extremists marched to the US Capitol, who many believe were under the influence and motivation of some political leaders to stop the vice president from certifying the US president presidential elections a democratic process here in the US. Further, Putin is being duplicitous and hypocritical when he says others believe their way is better, when he is forcing his way as the way for all Russia, Russians or all Russia to follow, including Lithuania, Poland, Kazakhstan and all the other former Soviet countries prejudicing a way of life and expecting all to subscribe to that or be or, or be killed further once it was the way of life but when a way of life or a taboo is no longer a taboo i'm making a point here once it was a way of life maybe once that russian those what well, maybe these countries accepted these Russian values. And I must make a point. May there is probably a particular idea or behavior was a way of life.
But when a way of life or a taboo is no longer a taboo and now accepted as part of the way of life, then there is a backlash from the status quo. Again, let me say this. Once it was the way of life, a particular behavior or idea or practice, but when a way of life or a taboo is no longer a taboo and now accepted as part of the new way of life, then there is a backlash from the status quo. And this is the backlash. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to stop here by saying in, 2000 and, uh, in 2010 or 2009 or 2010, some time ago, I did some work with SRBI, which is a research company, Shulman, Ronkus, and Bicolvalus Inc., <clears throat> a research company. And one of the, one of the, one of, and this was, I am so happy that I got an opportunity to work with this company as a research interviewer, interviewing hundreds of people all over the world and in the U.S. about various marketing trends and current issues and concerns. I remember one of the interview questions, or one of the interviews that we were doing in 2009 and 2010 was one of the questions I asked this question. Are you, do you be, uh, what are your concerns about, to, are you concerned that by 2020, by 2020, or between 2020 up to 2020 or 2025, the minority, the minority will become part, will become, will, will form the majority in this country. And the majority will become part of the minority. But when we talk about the minority and the majority, we're talking about racially here. Okay? Racially. But that is if a particular society is based on race. And not just race, but racial values. Because, and you hear Putin is talking about not just geographically, but in terms of values that society, a society have, or societies have, or a particular society, a society, a particular society has. So, when I did this research in two thousand, about how long ago was that? Twelve years ago, eleven years ago, I was doing as a, a research interviewer, asking questions of Americans about their feelings and attitudes towards. A particular prediction that by 22 and this is we're in 2022 now but in 2009 up to 2010 there were concerns that by 2020 by 2020 by 2020 to 2025 the majority will form the minority and the minority will form the majority and we're talking about in terms of race uh, the, the, the demographics of the u.s and of course you can go back you can go online and check recent studies, but what were people saying then? What were their fears? That, but they are afraid, for some people they are afraid of, and what, what will America look like? And so if you see in January, in January after the election, when they stormed the Capitol, people had fears and they were willing to storm the Capitol and this and and up to the and they were willing to kill our elected politicians and they were willing to commit heinous crimes and extremism and justify that because they were trying to preserve a value or they were trying to save 
the society. So there are people who are justified. And, and so, so you see, we are not far removed as a country from what Putin and Russia is doing. You know, we are not because it was just recently where we were faced with extremism, where one set, a group of persons in society feel as though their, their particular society is getting away from them and they were willing to go to the capital and even to commit a crime and to break laws. This is the issue. This is the issue, the issue of, of this is what we're talking about here about certain values and about lifting up and i actually today i just actually responded to an email that was sent to me by um uh i i just lost the email i actually i really need to send you uh someone asked me a question about diversity um i believe it was caroline fairchild who is the um, an editor at linkedin news and she sent me an email saying, we often reach out to LinkedIn members who we think can add informed perspective on today's news and trends. She said, a recent report shows that gender and race are, top of, are, are on the top of the mind for most leaders working in diversity, equity, and inclusion. But when you look at other facets of diversity, such as sexual orientation, disability, and age, to name a few, that attention to progress drops significantly. She said, I want to hear from you. What aspect of identity do you feel is most often ignored in the current approach to diversity, equity, and inclusion? And I responded to her. And, I re and that response will actually be a part of a podcast presentation that I will be doing. But you all, you guys all know my position because I have submitted several articles about the issue of differentiating and categorizing and putting people in categories. I am, I am against putting people in race. I am against putting people in categories because that is a recipe for disaster. And I am going to uh, actually talk about that later on. And um, I'm actually here trying to find a very, imp I said, because once you, I said to, I said, what is the ultimate of all things? The ultimate, I will stop here. And that was, you can listen to the rest of that episode of the podcast. Now we are going to play the other podcast where we, we talk about the denatification of Russia. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back. Um, actually, it's not Rus the de Russia calls for the denatification of Russia, but um, on April 8th, 2022, the, we carried an episode. Uh, it was entitled Breaking News. Russia News called for the denatification of Ukraine. And we are going to play that for you. And of course, it's available on the, on the podcast. We play excerpts of that for you. Here it is. Here is the episode. Thank you. 
Welcome to another episode of the Neoliberal Round podcast. Today we have breaking news and we have an update as to what's going on in the war with the war with Ukraine and Russia. We obtained a public a published piece calling for full-blown genocide and destruction of Ukraine as a state. Again, Russian state news agency published a piece calling for full-blown genocide and destruction of Ukraine as a state. And we obtained this from a news source uh, and from Ukraine, the Ukrainian news source. But again, today we will be sharing a public, a published piece calling for full-blown genocide and destruction of Ukraine as a state. And just before I do so, you may recall, you may recall that some time ago I published, I, I published an article. I published an article called entitled Putin's Speech, March 16, 2022. He reveals his mind. Again, some time ago, via Ronaldo.mckenzie Studios on YouTube, I shared a YouTube video where Putin gave a speech and he revealed his, his mind. And Putin's speech on March 16, 2022 is similar. This article resembles Putin's ideologies and is part of the Russian propaganda to justify a war that they are losing. I wrote Putin's latest speech, March 16, 2022. He reveals his mind. I delve into it here, listing up some very important points and highlight red flags and signal a warning for us and the world. And I said, let us watch Putin's esoteric speech. And I'm going to play a bit of it for you. We've already uh, listened to much of this. Uh, this is a repeat of, uh, of the episode on April 8th, 2022. But I, in this episode, I, re- I replayed the, uh, the episode that I just played. So we won't delve into that. So I'm going to for- fast forward it if I can. If they... Russia is be- the article says Russia's recognition of the need for denazification of Ukraine means the recognition that the Crimean scenario is impossible for Ukraine as a whole. However, the scenario was also impossible in 2014 in the rebellious Donbass. Only eight years of resistance to Nazi violence and terror led to internal cohesion and the consciously unequivocal mass refusal to preserve any unity and connection to Ukraine, which defined itself as a Nazi society. You see what's going on here? Russia. Yeah, I said to you, I'm writing a book on, I'm writing, I'm 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 doing a book project, and it's entitled Position, Power, Privilege, and Status. And here we are seeing an issue of power, because issue, and issues begin, and this is an issue of ethnocentrism. Because it is as if the Ukrainians don't have an 
a sense of the individual. And I said to you, what is the ultimate of all things? The ultimate of all things is that we live together as one with reality, with all of our individualities. And I say, and I continue in, my, in, 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 in that particular theme, in that particular, one of my first blog posts, I wrote that. And I continue by saying, a man said once, once you live with me, you negate me. And that's what is happening here. Russia and Putin is negating the individual, negating, negating the individuality, the sovereignty, the nation. And they are creating, so the first thing, and that is the issue of power, that is the strategy of power. They create an identity for the other. And that is why sometimes you ask me, you, how do you identify? I say, I am first Ronaldo. I, I do not identify as one thing or the other because once I tell you how do you identify, then immediately labels, immediately these labels conjure up images in people's mind of who and what that of who and what or who I am, and then more often than not, the approach and the engagement, how we engage the individual is then colored, is colored by the images that you conjure up in your mind based on the labels of identity that these labels carry with it. So when you ask me who I am, I am first, I'm third, I am Ronaldo. And then we can have a discussion about who I am and so on and so forth. That is important. But the issue of labor is important. If you look, and I say to you, the issue, race is a pseudoscience, race is a strategy. The categories in society is the downfall of society. It's a challenge for society and for, for humanity and for progress. Because it provides an opportunity. It facilitates, uh, it, 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 it facilitates destruction. And I talk about Orientalism and Occidentalism. And I share a story from Edward Said's book where he talks about Orientalism talk about ideas that the East have about the West and how the ideas of the East about the West is the East sees the West as irreligious. And so they carry out attacks like 9-11 and so on and so forth. It's justified based on values because they believe that their values are better than the Western values and everyone should religion even in religion you have those values and i say to you even when you study globalization and the global dynamics in the world and i talk about in my book neoliberalism globalization income inequality poverty and resistance when i talk about the bureaucratic phenomenon how countries came together and create uh WTOs and international organizations that would help to facilitate trade and set rules but at the end of the day when the who who the, the rules aren't applicable to everyone because a few people who already have advantage set rules and they dilly-dally around these rules. They circumvent these rules. But the other countries, such as the Global South countries, were forced to abide by certain rules, especially already they have limited resources and so they have to go to the international, the big countries the post-industrial countries to ask for money. And they are already part of a 
World Trade Organization with roots. And who and when you, talk, when you go to the IM, the IMDB or the Inter the Inter-American Bank or the International Monetary Fund, and when these countries went and asked for loans, where is the money come from? Where does the IMDB get the money? Where does the World Bank get the money? Where does the IMF get? They get the money from the the, the post-industrial, the, the developed countries. Lend them this money. And that of course there are conditions. And then there are, and then these bodies then lend these other countries money. But then the loan comes with certain conditions. Conditions that hold them back. That prevent them from meaningfully competing in the global world, in a globalized world. And that's what has happened. And so so conditions prevent them from competing. And so now, and then the rules don't favor, because I say to you, while some countries could not subsidize their local economy and the, the farmers and so on and so forth and their industry, the other countries were doing that and then penetrating and flooding these local markets. And that's what you see, the issue of power, the issue of privilege, the issue of status within society, and how society creates certain rules and organizations, and then expect only certain people to abide by these rules. We call this Pharisee collision. Do as I say, but not as I do. This is it, okay? And of course, we shall continue to see. But of course, what we do, we create labels, meanings. That's what power does. It tries to, it tries to, 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 it, 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 it moves away. And, you know, I said to you some time ago, I had an interview with the, the owner of the Ubuntu Fine Arts Gallery. And if, and if you listen to one of my podcasts, I interviewed this this gentleman, Stephen C. W. Taylor, and it's and I asked him about Ubuntu, and we and Ubuntu is talk, talks about the individual, respecting the individual, valuing the individual, and and moving away the and moving away from ethnocentrism. But even even though we have an idea of this issue of we understand ethnocentrism, and even though we understand human tendency to judge others based on their own value and that creates conflict in society people still cannot move away from that because of this greed because of this drive for power and he talks about this ubuntu talks this ubuntu principle of the individual we talked you know earlier i i we talk, i shared an article about orientalism and occidentalism and, and edward say he talks about that and actually within a, I was at Georgetown University and we were looking at uh, the foundation of knowledge and one of the things that we talked about as we look at Orient, we look at Orientalism and Occidentalism, but more so Orientalism, but I, I did a paper and because I wanted to compare Orientalism with Occidentalism because Orientalism is looking at Western views about the East and Occidentalism is looking at Western views about the East because Western views about, Eastern views about the West is that the West the West is irreligious, and that justifies wars. While in Occidentalism, the East is, the, the East is, the West is saying, well, the East, uh, they have certain ideas about the East, their fundamentalism, or, 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 or they're not, they're not intelligent, not, they're lacking in, in intellect, and and so on and so forth. And of course, you see that when Putin talks about this value, the their suspicions about the other. Suspicions about the other because 
people want to penetrate the other, and so they try to define the other. That's exactly what is happening. Putin is here defining Ukraine as if Ukraine isn't a nation. They don't have an idea about this, a sense of self, which is what happened with slavery. In all, okay, and the issue of power comes here again because what did they do? In, what happened in slavery was to first to 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 define to define a particular person. Went to Africa, okay, and defined these people as livestock. Come up with a strategy to define them, stripping away their individuality. So that's what has happened here. You strip away their individuality, their humanness. And after you strip away someone's the slave or the, that person's individuality, now you can use you can you use them, you can penetrate them, you can abuse them, you can dominate them in a sense. And that is what and that is the problem for society. Uh, this penchant to to strip away an individual's individuality and then to and then. To, to penetrate and to dominate and to control. And we do that by creating labels, creating races and divisions and so on and so forth. That is a problem for society. That is the exact motivation for this war. The exact, and you hear, and you hear it in this article, the recurring theme, the recurring theme, the, the denazifying state Russia cannot proceed from a liberal approach to denazification. The ideology of the denazifier cannot be challenged by the guilty party. Russia's recognition of the need. And you know, when I talk about Occidentalism, you know, Egypt, there, there is an article by a, by a British author. If you check the archives or the history book, there is, there is, a, there is a, 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 a presentation by a parliamentarian, I believe his name is Balfour. And in his speech to Parliament, when Egypt was occupied, was a colony of, of, of Britain. This parliamentarian who, that, who was responsible for the management and the overseeing of, of Egypt, was a, was a, was a, he was a British parliamentarian, was in Parliament justifying why, why Britain should continue to remain as the Egypt as Egypt's masters. Why Egypt? In fact, the article, the speech suggests that Britain knows or England knows what's best for the Egyptians. The Egyptians do not, the Egyptians do not know what's best for them. In fact, if any, if, if there's anything positive that that has happened in Egypt was because they were occupied. They were occupied. Anything good that has come out, any, and, the, and the conversation and, and, and the speech, in his speech, is it if anything positive that, that the Egyptians can celebrate is only positive because of external forces, because the Egyptians are not, they are ordinary people, they lack a, a particular kind of European intelligence that is the standard and a way of thinking, a way of thinking and operating. And, and I talk, and that is what has happened, this kind of ethnocentrism, privileging the English way of life 
over the Egyptian way of life and then imposing that. And in a sense, Putin is also saying that he believes that West, the West is privileging their way of life and using Ukraine to penetrate. But Ukraine, this, this is a schizophrenic situation for, for Ukrainians because it is as if they're in the middle. Because it's as if they do not have any say. Weaker countries or people who are at the other end of the stick do not have any power. They are sandwiched between capitalism and socialism, West and East. And this is part of the problem and the challenge for society. And I, and I said to you that we are holding on to a thread. The article continues because it's a very long article. It goes on to say that the time frame for denazification can in no way be less than one generation who must be born, grow, and mature under the condition of denazification. The denazification of Ukraine has lasted for over 30 years starting at least in 1989 when ukrainian nationalism gained legal and legitimate forms of political expression and led the movement for independence towards nazism the peculiar so you see they are, russia russia is trying to define the individual so the ukrainians don't have a say in who they are Ukraine is a sovereign nation, but they are, they are defined, and that is, I tell you, that is what power does. And those who privilege a particular position and try to, you know, power, power uses various means. It will use passive means through systems and laws, and if that doesn't work, coercion. And the coercion is used after they have stripped away the individuality, the sovereignty, the person, the humanness, then after you have done that, you move to, to carry out some act of war or violence. That is what has happened. And they are trying to define, in, in fact, they are even trying to redefine Ukraine's independence to say that their independence is not an independence for a true independence, but with an independence so that they can practice Nazism. Diluting, diluting a people's experience. In this article, in this article, you can see what's happening. And they don't, can I, they are not even aware of this. The article, it suggests this dynamic, this power dynamic, as if mother is chastising a child okay as if mother is chastising a child that's what it is the ukraine ukraine is a child and the mother knows what's best and is and it's applying and is chastising it this, this is the issue this is an issue of power they are trying to and and here it is that putin and Ruff and the news the article is saying that their independence is not true independence their independence is one towards nazis But what are the Ukrainians saying? Who is saying that? Only the aggressor. When you study, when you look at dynamics, human dynamics in the world, between when you study power in the world and look at victimizations, 
that is always the abuser the abuser always try to define try to justify his abuse of the other by redefining the other person redefining the victim as as being threatening redefining the victim as being threatening the, now the article continues by saying the peculiarity of modern nazified ukraine is its amorphous and ambivalent nature which allows nazism to be disguised as aspirations for independence and the european western pro-american path of development in reality degradation in other words you again let me read that the peculiarity of modern nazified ukraine is its amorphous and ambivalent nature which allows nazism to be disguised as aspirations for independence and the european western pro-american path of development in reality degradation if if ukraine who is a sovereign country choose an independence towards a european that is western and american then to russia that is that is that is degrading that is that is nazism and that is what they're trying to root out in reality to degradation to claim that the article continues in reality to degradation to claim that there is no nazism in in, in ukraine so they're saying that oh they're just saying uh, ukraine is have ideals of 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 being a developed country resembling the american development but that is just nazism in fact the article didn't address it but that's what nazism is in this article the article continues by saying there is no main nazi party no fuhrer and no full-fledged racial laws only a stripped down version in for in the form of repression of the russian language as a consequence there is no opposition and no resistance to, to the regime however all of the above does not make ukrainian nazism a light version of german nazism of the first half of the 20th century on the contrary as a ukrainian nazism as ukrainian nazism is free from such genre political technology in essence frames and restrictions it unfolds freely as the fundamental basis of all nazism like european and in its most developed form american racism uh, you, you see that is exactly their talk they're the, so saying the, the, the nazism that they're trying to drain ukraine of is not one that was that was that is that that was hitleric or hitlerian but it is one that is Amer american racism therefore nazification cannot be carried out in a compromising way on the basis of a formula such as nato no eu yes the collective west itself is the designer source and sponsor of ukrainian nazism while the western bandera cadres 
and their historical memory are only one of the instruments of the Nazification of Ukraine. Ukrainianism is no less of a threat to peace and Russian or Russia than German Nazism of Hitler's modification. The article continues. The name Ukraine cannot apparently be retained as, as the title of any fully denazified state formation on any territory free from the Nazi regime. The People's Republics, newly established in Nazi-liberated territory, must and will grow out of the practice of economic self-government and social welfare. The, re the reconstruction and the, and, the and the modernization of the population's life support system. I'm going to read it again. The article continues, goes on to say, the name Ukraine cannot apparently be retained. They want to strip Ukraine of the name Ukraine. The name Ukraine cannot apparently be retained as the title. The, you know, it is the same thing with slavery. They want to strip them of the language and strip them of of any of any identity. I I just said to you, power does that. It strikes it, the strategy of power. It strips away the individuality and your identity. The name Ukraine cannot apparently be retained, according to the article, as the title of any fully denazified state formation on territory free from Nazi regime. The People's Republics, newly established in Nazi-liberated territory, must and will grow out of the practice of economic self-government and social welfare. The reconstruction and, modern and modernization of the population's life support systems, their political aspirations, their political aspirations, Ukrainians' political aspirations, in fact, cannot be neutral. Redemption of guilt towards Russia for treating it as an enemy can only be realized in reliance on Russia, reliance on Russia in the processes of reconstruction, regeneration, and development. No Marshall Plan for these territories should be allowed. There can be no neutrality in the ideological and practical sense compatible with denazification. The cadres and organizations that are the instruments of denazification in the new Nazified republics cannot but rely on the direct power and organizational support of Russia. Denazification will inevitably be de-Ukrainianization, a rejection of the large-scale artificial inflation of the ethnic component of the self-identification of the population, of the territories of historical Malorosia and Novorosia, which the Soviet authorities started. As a tool of communist superpower, artificial ethnocentrism did not remain orphaned after the fall of communism. communism. In this service capacity, it was taken over by another superpower, power over states. The superpower of the West. It needs to be returned to its natural boundaries and stripped of its political functionality. Today's an issue of boundaries. They are nervous of this American, this Western hold that is close to their borders. They are suspicious of that. And so, and not only that, they are suspicious, of course, not only that, they believe that their power is waning. Mother Russia's 
hold on the region is waning as all of these other European countries or former USSR countries adopt more Western policies, Western style of development and Western life. But can I tell you, this is not just an issue for the Poland and 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 and, and, and Ukraine and the other countries in the region, Lithuania and so on. There are other countries. Even in Russia, the young people, the younger people are also adopting that style, this Western value, lifestyle and appetite. And I think that is what's happening. So, so conservative Russians are, in a sense, responding or reacting to this as if, because that's what happened. They, they feel as if the, the, their power and their control and the, the extent of their power is waning as well so that's another reason for power it's a reaction and justification for the war it's a reaction whenever though the power block or those in power feel as though their control is waning then that's they, there is always reactive means and of course they they use they use systematic means to countervail any 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 kind of new ideological developments that seem to be mitigating against the status quo the article continues by saying unlike say georgia and the baltic countries ukraine as history has shown is impossible as a nation state and attempts to build such a state inevitably lead to nazism Ukrainianism is an artificial anti-Russian construction with no civilizational content of its own, a subordinated element of a foreign and alien civilization. Debanderization in itself will not be enough for denazification. The banderite element is only a performer and a screen, a disguise for the European project of Nazi Ukraine. So the, Nazi, the denazification of Ukraine is also it's in is inevitable the europe europeanization the europeanization the banderovian top brass must be eliminated it is impossible to re-educate them the social swamp that actively and passively supported it through action and inaction must survive the hardships of the war and assimilate the experience as a historical lesson and atonement for its guilt. Those who did not support the Nazi regime, who suffered from it and the war it, it unleashed in Donbass, must be con consolidated and organized, must become the support of the new government. It's vertical and horizontal. Horizontal experience shows that wartime tragedies and dramas benefit peoples who have been seduced and carried away by the role of Russia's enemy. Denazification as the goal of the special military operation itself is understood as a military victory over the Kiev regime, the liberation of territories from armed supporters of Nazification, the elimination of intransigent, intransigent Nazis, the capture of war criminals and the creation of the systematic conditions for subsequent peacetime denazification. 
The latter in turn should begin with the organization of local self-government, police, and defense bodies cleansed of Nazi elements, launching on their basis the founding processes of the new Republican statehood, integrating the statehood in close cooperation with the Russian denazification agency, the newly created or, uh, or remade, say, from Russia to Nosskovsko, with the adoption under Russian control of a Republican regu regulatory framework, legislation for denazification, defining boundaries and frameworks directly in this respect. Russia should act as a custodian of the Nuremberg's process. Whatever, you know, Russia is still trying to insert themselves. They want to de-European, de-Nazify, de-Westernize Ukraine and set up their own government and create their own rules and own laws so as to maintain Mother Russia, so as to maintain their whole. So, you know, Russia, I don't understand. Russia was hoping in 1989, and, or Russia was hoping to, to disengage from their colonial activities, but still have a sway over these countries. It is that if these countries, you can, you can, you can run your own country and do what you need to do. You can elect your own government. But remember that Russia is your head of state. And I argued that um, recently that Jamaica, Jamaica is celebrating 30 years of independence. And if you read my book, I said many of all the, 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 the independence that some of these countries have, they are, they are, they are not really independent. The fact that they are so dependent and they are and they're locked into into this globalized world into agreements that ha that continue to keep them back and at the same time they still have the queen as their head of state and if people and 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 if that and and the, the queen has to still apply her seal and if people and and if 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 people on the on the mainland want to make to appeal a particular decision of the court they have to go to britain this is absolutely ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. But anyway, let's continue with the article. The article continues by saying all of the above means that in order to achieve the goals of denazification, the support of the population, their transition to Russia, after being freed from the terror, violence, and ideological pressure of the Kiev regime, after being removed from the informational isolation is necessary. Of course, it will take some time for people to recover from the shock of military action and to become convinced of Russia's long-term intentions, that they will not be abandoned. It is impossible. I mean, they are justifying why they want to take over another country and to impose that country's will. The article continues. You see, they feel as though they are justified. The article continues. It is impossible to foresee in advance in which territories this mass of population will constitute a critically needed majority. The Catholic province, Western Ukraine, comprising five regions, is unlikely to be part of the pro-Russian territories. The line of exclusion, however, will be found by experience. A hostile to Russia, but forcibly neutral and demilitarized Ukraine with formally banned Nazism will remain behind it. 
Russian or Russia haters will go there. I guarantee that this residual Ukraine will remain neutral should be the should be the threat of an immediate continuation of the military cooperation if the listed requirements are not met. This would probably require a permanent Russian military presence on its territory. From the alienation line and up to the Russian border would be the territory would be the territory of potential integration into Russian civilization. Anti-fascist fascist in its inner nature. Ukraine denat Ukraine's denatification operation, and that's the special operation. The operation is, and that is why I'm telling you right now there is peace going there's peace talk between ukraine and russia but there's no peace talk it's a facade they're just buying time because if russia still have these ideas about ukraine and, and ideas about mother russia and russian values and ideologies and, and maintain their suspicions of the west and have ideas that involves dominating and controlling all of that particular Russia region, Russia and the region surrounding, then there is there is no peace because I'm quite, the Ukrainians are not giving up their their independence and they will continue to res resist because they recognize themselves as individuals, as soul, people with soul and with value, as human beings who have an idea about how they want to live their lives. And, and the kind the time of the, the type of country that they want and it is one that and it's not one that involves Russian value and that's a problem for Russia because it, it affects their, their ability to control the, the article continues by saying liquidation of armed Nazi formation I'm gonna I'm gonna re, I'm gonna repeat this again Ukraine de denatification operation which began with a military phase, will follow in peacetime the same logic of stages as a military operation. At each of them, irreversible changes will have to be achieved, which will be the results of the corresponding stage. The necessary initial steps of denazification can be defined as follows. One, liquidation of the armed Nazi formations, understood to mean any armed formations of Ukraine, including the armed forces of Ukraine, as well as the military, informational and educational infrastructure supporting their activity. The formation of people is self-government and police, defense and law and order in the liberated territories, protecting the population from the terror of underground Nazi groups. Installation of the Russian information space, removal of educational materials and, and the prohibition of educational programs at all, at all levels that contain Nazi ideological attitudes. Massive investigations into personal responsibility for war crimes, crimes against humanity, dissemination of Nazi ideology and support for the Nazi regime. This is exactly what they did. You know what, this is how control of power works. You know, when they, when slaves, during the slave trade, they separated the slaves into various groups and tribes so that they wouldn't be able to understand each other and communicate with each other. All the strategy, all the systems that they're coming up with to maintain their hold once they're able to install their government. And that's what they're trying to do. 
there is no peace. The only peace is when they have installed the government. And they are saying that there is no peace when if there's no negotiation, they're not negotiating this peace. They're not ne negotiating. They're not giving up Crimea, Donbass, Mariupol, and these other countries, and leaving the rest of Ukraine to still be infested with Nazi value, which they call Western value, which can still penetrate the other areas that they have now taken control of. So Russia, Russia's, oper Russia's operations, military operation in Ukraine doesn't stop with taking over three or four cities and towns and regions. It involves taking control of all of Ukraine. All of Ukraine. So, the article continues by saying, part of this, part of the process, the, form, this, the formation of people's self-government and police and, and so on and so forth, part of, and, and, and liberating the territories and protecting the population from the terror of underground Nazi group, part of the process not only involves removal of education materials and the listing disclosures of the names of collaborators and the adoption of the local level on the Russian curatorship of primary denazification, but also establishing memorials, commemorative signs, monuments to the victims of Ukrainian Nazism, commemorating the heroes of the struggle against it, the inclusion of a set of anti-fascist and denazification norms in the constitutions of the new people's republics, creation of permanent the uh, denazification bodies for a period of 25 years. Russia will have no allies in the denazification of Ukraine, as this is a purely Russian affair, and also a purely Russian affair. And also because not just the Bandera version of Nazi Ukraine will be eradicated. In other words, Ukraine idea of who they want and what they want. And you know, that's what happened. Some of these countries that negotiate their independence, they negotiated their independence. And an independence that was acceptable by those who were empowered where they can continue to keep their hold. But if people want an independence where they ac accept different set of values and a different set of vision that, that runs incongruous to those who are now abdicating their power, then it becomes a it becomes a problem and then what happens is that they reconsider and retake so russia will have so the article says russia will have no allies in the denazification of ukraine as this is a purely russian affair and also because not just the bandera version of nazi ukraine will be eradicated but also and above all western totalitarianism imposed programs of civilizational degradation and disintegration, mechanisms of subordination to the superpower of the West and the USA. In order to, the article continues, in order to implement the plan of denazification of Ukraine, Russia, Russia itself will have to finally give up its pro-European and pro-Western illusions to realize itself as the last instance of protection and preservation of those values of historical Europe, the old world, the old world I talk about is the old holding on, they're holding on. 
which deserve it, and which the West ultimately abandoned, having lost in the struggle for itself. This struggle continued throughout the 20th century and manifested itself in the World War and the Russian Revolution, inextricably linked to each other. Russia did everything it could to save the West in the 20th century. It realized that the main Western project, the alternative to capitalism, which defeated the nation states, the socialist red project. It crushed German Nazism, the monstrous spawn of the crisis of Western civilization. The last act of Russian altruism was Russia's outstretched hand of friendship for which Russia received a monstrous blow in the 1990s. You see what that's what power does. Are those in power? They, they start to talk about what good they have done to help the other. Talk, they started to list their efforts, which aren't efforts, which are at best fantastic, which are best fantastic, talking about how Russia has helped to preserve West and their values from, 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 from Nazi penetration. But we, if you study history, that is not true about, uh, because history will tell you where Russia has been on the side of World War I and World War II. But let's continue. Every Russia, according to the article, every Russia or everything Russia has done for the West, it has done it. It, it has done at its own expense by making the greatest sacrifices. The West eventually rejected all these sacrifices, devalued Russia's contribution to resolving the Western crisis, and decided to take revenge on Russia for the help it unselfishly provided. So Russia thinks that its effort to denazify, you know, this particular article is so conflicting and so ambivalent. It is suspicious of the West and saying that it is trying to drain Ukraine of Western ideological values, that it is that is penetrating its value, that is penetrating its own borders. And at the same time, it is saying that, at the same time they're saying, Russia has, Russia has helped to, to defend and to preserve the West from Nazism and from, from certain values and principles that runs against it. And it is also saying that this particular war is also, Russia is, 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 is a war, it's, it's Russia trying to help the West. It's, it's part of the sacrifice it is making to help the West. Everything that Russia has done for the West, it has done at its own expense by making the greatest sacrifices. That's what it says. The West eventually rejected all these sacrifices, devalued Russia's contribution to resolving the Western crisis, and decided to take revenge on Russia for the help it unselfishly provided. Help it. You, this is a psychological problem. We hear, you know, narcissist. This is how narcissist think. You can always, you already, and that's an issue of power as well. Eventually they become not, they believe that the privilege that they have in society 
they it comes from above it comes from god they are supposed to be where they are they believe that they are supposed to be in power and that's what happened you know when people create certain stratosphere and level in society and so on and so forth they be welcome back before the interruption we were wrapping up this article entitled russian state news agency published a piece calling for full-blown genocide and destruction of ukraine as a state and we were at the end of the of the publication which says everything russia has done for the west it has done at its own expense by making the greatest sacrifices the West eventually rejected all these sacrifices, devalued Russia's contribution to revolving the West, uh, resolving, resolving the Western crisis, and decided to take revenge on Russia for the help it unselfishly provided. And I'm saying this makes no sense. That Russia cannot say, well, this is an ambivalent argument we were saying. It collapses on its head. Because, and it is quite laughable. Because... This, in fact, the argument is convoluted. How can you, in one breath, say that you are denazifying Ukraine from Western values, from Americanism, and at the same time, and also you are saying that Ukraine is being used as a puppet by the West to penetrate Russia and to control Russia, and so your special operation is the is draining ukraine from this and at the same time you end by saying the article ends by saying that everything that russia has done it has done at its own expense by making the greatest sacrifices how is that that argument is ambivalent you cannot, you in one breath, say that you are helping the West by draining Ukraine, by talking of draining Ukraine of Western values. Why would, and I said earlier before the interruption, if America already thinks that it's, if, and if you say America thinks that it thinks that its values are of a higher caste or it is exceptional, and why would America think, would, why would America not want, why would America come in there, Russia's help, in draining Ukraine of American values, a, va a value, if another country is adopting their way of life and their lifestyle, it, why would America want Russia to make sacrifices to prevent that from happening? That makes no sense. And I say to you, the only reason he can make this argument is because he's talking to Russians. He's not talking to people to to West and to, to other. He's talking to the Russians. And I said to you, communication is to make popular what was the monopoly. And he has control of information. And he's selling a lie 
telling me, and I, but first of all, this very same article suggests something else that he's trying to, that you are, that America, that he's, that they are suspicious of American values and that American, Americanism is a new kind of denazification, is a new kind of Nazism in the world that is trying to take hold and they are trying to prevent that. And at the same time, at the end, they are saying that they are helping the US or America or the West to deal with Ukraine. That, that, made that uh, and then the article goes on by saying, goes on to say, from here on, Russia will go on its own way without worrying about the fate of the West in the building on another part of its legacy leadership in the global decolonization process. So here, it is. so this is laughable. Putin and Russia here is, it says that it is helping the West. It is helping the West or it was helping the, the West or helping the US to decolonize, to decolonize. When it, when what it is doing in Ukraine, it is a kind of colonization, but of a different color and make that I, I talk about neoliberalism or the neoliberal. The neoliberalism or the neoliberal is, is just a name that suggests strategy. It's a strategy. It is duplicitous and hypocritical. You say that you are helping to the West to drain the world of colonialism or colonization. But at the same time, you are still utilizing the same, and even outlined in this very same article, what you intend to do with Ukraine through processes of colonization. So in a sense, you are trying to transport or replace one kind of control with another. Does that make sense? Does, so does that make it right? So that's what I'm saying. The argument is laughable. Further, the article, the article, and the, the, the further it says from from here on, Russia will go on its own way without worrying about the fate of the West. Excuse me, what I said earlier before the interruption, and Russia has already been going on its own when it went into Crimea against against the urgings of 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 of, of the U.S. and other countries and against sanctions, and it has created several aggressions and intimidations in the world. It even tried to, it even invaded Georgia. It went on its own. And when it invaded Ukraine, Russia and Putin decided that on their own. That wasn't a collaborative effort. So it is laughable and it is narcissistic. That's what, that's a narcissistic kind. And that's what people who are in power develop that level of narcissism to feel, to feel, to believe as though they have arrived they have their power is justified their privilege is justified in in monarchical in the in a, in a monarchical system or in, in a, a world where we were ruled by nobles and 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 kings and queens and emperors and and the pope they believe that their authority and their power came from god they appeal to something from above so as to trick people into being complicit complicit in accepting in accepting con their lives being dominated by 
somebody else who has hijacked power for themselves, appealing to an ideology that was that that was that was universalized for that very same purpose to increase, to establish, or to maintain, to maintain power. They appeal to some higher higher power. You see all this instance of you see how power works through certain principles and ideologies, which is when you study historical literature, it is all, and it's not just Western society, but even Eastern societies, because here we are going to stop here. That is the episode. It was for one hour and 28 minutes. And I think it, um, so, but I'm going to stop here. You can go back and listen to some of our episodes. We have over 150 episodes. And um, just some update as to what's going on with the Russian-Ukraine um, uh, debacle or Russian invasion of Ukraine. We know now that, um, and we all, we we had published some other episodes after that, talking about how the world is slow, Germany and and the world, the United Nations, they were very slow in terms of responding and to providing any help. And because there was, and we talked about the connectionisms, the connections. That, that exists between countries, the elites, and so they are slow. So they had to first dismantle the connections because once, if they apply too much embargo, it may affect them because all of these countries and their elites are connected. So it took them a while to, and now they're responding in a sense. Now they are, um, they've been very slow. But the US, um, uh, they were just, um, just recently the vice president, the vice president in Germany uh, called Russia made a public statement calling Russia, um, calling, uh, I mean, an allegation saying that um, Russia, calling Russia as, uh, I mean, Russia as being, as committing crimes, sorry, as I'm, <laughs> Russia as committing crimes against humanity, which means then now that um, they can't be helped, they can't be supported. But of course, China, China is gonna, is supporting Russia. And I believe that they are now making, now it's public, it's now public. So China is supporting Russia, and um, and 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 um, so I don't know what what's gonna happen. The, the the stage is set. This is the Neil Brown podcast. We will continue providing a, a, um, some powerful. And just and just an update regarding uh, President Putin's speech today. In his speech he renewed his he talks of his relationship with china because he reported and revealed that china will visit or there there will be a meeting between russia and china the russian leader and the, the russian the chinese the chinese leader and the russian leader will visit i mean will meet in the spring china will visit russia they have they and they are publicly demonstrating their their relationship and their and their renewed and strengthened position in the world. And that's news coming in and that's important and that's a takeaway from the war. Of course, I mean he will President Putin will not back down. He will not back down. I am telling you that. Russia will not back down. And other people are talking about I, I saw where um and, and I'm telling you, other people in the news are talking about what's going on with President Biden. And, but this podcast today, 
looked at his philosophical basis for the war. And when you study his speech, those two speeches, and the speech today, it suggests a man that's on a mission. He is not going to back down. Hitler did not back down until V-Day, before D-Day. And he committed suicide. That is the kind of man Putin is. When you think of this war, think of World War One and World War Two, and think of and think of Hitler. That's the kind of attitude and the mentality that Putin has. So, if people think that he, um, um, these strategies and diplomacies are, are going to work, and we have already said that it's not going to work, because when you study Putin. And the speech, which reveal, I said, it, it reveals his mind. And this news and this article that we played earlier today, it suggests his intention that he is resolute and he's unmoving. And of course, this news coming that um, coming out of China and coming out from the Kremlin, that there is some renewed relationship. I wonder what they're going to talk about this spring. Oh, there's one more thing before we go that I must add. There is an opportunity that I was asked to pass along. Please pass this information along if you know someone who is a qualified contractor, plumbers and electricians for home repair program, black owned and minority business owners, PA registered and licensed business holders are encouraged to apply. And um, to the, uh, and let me see, it's, at qualified contractors we need you the phdc you can I, I got this information from the president for the uh caricom community in philadelphia i'm trying to find the the contact information which i cannot find and i'm quite sure i had put that information here uh can't find it but i'll talk more about this as the week go on um, you can go to PHDC, you can go to my Twitter page because um, there's somewhere on my Twitter, I tweet sometime today, um, up at, uh, I, and there's a link to it, or you can go to the PHDC, um, and, uh, Philadelphia Opportunity Zone, that's what, Philadelphia Opportunity Zone, uh, let me see, the Philadelphia Opportunity Zone, I think, uh, think that's what the, the Philadelphia opportunity I was trying to find there is more information on here um, Philadelphia opportunity zone.org that there we go so yeah okay there we go it says um, please pass this information along if you know someone who is qualified contractor plumbers and electricians for home repair program black owned and minority business owners PA registered and licensed business owners are encouraged to apply by the due date March 13th, 2023. Visit org Again, P-H-I-L-A opportunity O-P-P-O-R-T-U-N-I-T-Y zones Z-O-N-E-S dot O-R-G And that's that. That's an opportunity. And uh, as we get the opportunity, we, I think there are, there's more coming in, but um, we are out of time for this episode today.
Thank you for listening to another powerful episode of the Neoliberal Podcast. Please, you can participate in this podcast by going on the Spotify platform and answering the question. And again, the let's see what what's the question. Well, with all the dynamic surrounding the Russian invasion and China's support and spy balloon and the Western support, is it is a World War Three imminent? Yes or no? And again, you can participate on the Spotify platform or via our Twitter, LinkedIn, or Reddit feeds. The handle Ronaldo McKenzie or Reverend Ronaldo C McKenzie for LinkedIn. And um, again, I said later this week we will have John Anthony Castro providing an update on his suit, which is being expedited to the U.S. Supreme Court. And again, why ABC and other new mainstream news media people are snubbing him as if he's not running for president and he's not Republican challenging Trump. <laughs> They've been reporting that Nikki Haley is the first. Even VP, Vice President Pence was caught saying that. But we'll hear that on Friday. Um, author Teal Jackson, her new book, Purpose Through the Pain, I will have her on the show um, sometime in a couple of days. I've been promising that for a while, but we will have her on the show probably by tomorrow or maybe Saturday. Um, and I will also be sharing, uh, I have a podcast ready for you. Uh, on weed from marijuana for but on weed uh, black people should not be rich the other people should be subscribe for free at https colon anchor and um, slash forward slash forward slash sorry it's https colon forward slash forward slash anchor dot fm slash the neoliberal and of course you can donate to us we invite all donations at anchor.fm slash the neoliberal slash and visit us at thenearliberal.com. The Neoliberal Corporation is serving the world today to solve tomorrow's challenges by making popular what was the monopoly. By the way, oh, I just, I forgot, I need to add this. This podcast is available at Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, The Audible, the Alexa, Google Podcast, P Adverb iHeartRadio, Radio Public, Podvine, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, and TheNearLiberal.com, and RonaldoCMcKenzie.com, which is offline temporarily but will be up shortly. What good?